0: Welcome back to the Wind Daily Podcast for today, August 29th, 2019. I am Scott Engel. I am the king. I am fantasy. He was the real Jerry Colvin. No imposters, right, Jerry? None at all. Mm-hmm. It's all me, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it better be, you know, especially uh, for your wife's, your, your wife's sake. You know, we were one imposters. Uh, you know, well, she's our... the,
1: she She could be the real Jen Colvin. Oh, okay. All right,
0: good. In case nobody um,
1: wants to rip her off.
0: <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, we're going to talk some DFS and uh, seasonal fantasy football today and get to that MLB slate. It's not a big one. Uh, that's what she said. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to it here. But first I want to talk about, you know, we're going to talk about defenses today. And I have a, uh, a strategy that just, Jerry, people don't think about. When people do their fantasy football drafts, uh, they pretty much draft defenses and kickers based off a of cheat sheet, based on what they've known, and they just don't put a lot of thought into it. You know, kickers and defenses have earned afterthought status in seasonal fantasy football, but there's really, there really should be a way to approach them. Uh, with defenses, people just say, okay, I want to take the Bears defense. They were the best, and the Jaguars and the Rams. And think about them for the season. But once you actually start playing seasonal fantasy football, uh, you know, it's very rare that you keep the same defense for the whole season. Maybe in Chicago's case you might do it, but that's it. But, of course, anybody who jumps for Chicago in the seventh, eighth round is showing they're an inexperienced fantasy football player. Uh, you don't have to keep the same defense all year. And if you have the Jaguars defense, you don't want to use them the first week anyway because they're facing Kansas City. So people street defenses all year. When you're drafting defenses, look at week one of the NFL schedule rather than look at the full season and see who has the best matchups, Jerry. That's the way I draft defenses.
1: Yeah, I can <laughs> totally see that. And, you know, I got to be honest with you myself. Uh, in seasonal leagues I've played in, now not all the leagues will allow this, But there are some leagues out there, and I believe like maybe Yahoo, ESPN, where you can actually do an entire draft and not draft a kicker or a defense at all. And I've actually done that and grabbed a few extra wide receivers or an extra running back and not drafted a defense or a kicker until right before week one. So I can totally understand where you're coming from. And I think a lot of people often tend to hold on to them strong defenses that they draft and it costs them the ability to possibly roster uh, players with higher upside.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the very popular Scott Fishbowl Industry League does not include defenses. So, uh, you know, there is a push for it. I like to replicate real football as much as you can. If people want to get rid of the kicker, that's up to them. Uh, I'm okay playing with it. I want to replicate real NFL as much as I can. And real NFL has different facets. I've always said that, you know, if you have a defensive unit, why not have an offensive line unit? and They lose points for sacks and, uh, you know, they gain points for yards gained. Yeah. You
1: know, another thing they could maybe try is, you know, kind of like the IDP thing is uh, maybe have a for the Like, you know, a lot of newer players, it's a lot more involved trying to play in IDP leagues because they don't have the time. And and it's a lot more involvement trying to get that deep into it. But it certainly maybe wouldn't hurt to have like uh, instead of a total defense overall, maybe selecting one offensive lineman and one defensive lineman out of a, out of the pool of players and using them. I mean, it's just something to think about just to make it a little more interesting.
0: Yeah. It's really for hardcore players. though. a lot of, a lot of people fantasy football is caught on this phenomenon because it's simple to play. And when you talk to people who play fantasy football and, uh, you know, you ask them if they're going to play fantasy baseball, they say no, because they feel it's too complicated.
1: Yeah. Well, baseball certainly is a lot more involved. Um, I think with baseball, though, that gives it a little bit of advantage is outside of chasing around closers all the time. They're being replaced. Football is a lot more, well, volatile for injury, much like the NBA. So you can really get hurt a lot earlier on in drafts if you put too much stock in one player more in football, I think, than in MLB.
0: Yeah, well, my point being, though, is that people don't want to play any more of a complicated fantasy football game than they're playing. Now, those same people like avoid baseball because they think it's too much work.
1: Well, you know, there is most baseball leagues allow you moves uh, more than once a week. But I, I don't see myself a much of a difference when you're playing in a league with weekly moves between baseball and, and football, to be honest with you. Other than, well, I guess maybe trying to
0: keep up on all the well, teams. You're talking about, you know, 23 players that you have to start and then a six-man bench. It's, it's uh, it, and you know, there are games every day instead of once a week
1: yeah maybe I've just been playing fantasy so long now I've become ignorant to these uh facts i guess Cause it's just so normal for me
0: after all this time yeah for a lot of people it's not you know they don't wanna they don't want to, have to pay attention every day to to double size rosters but uh you know we'll we'll take a look at uh we'll take a look at some of these defenses from both a Seasonal and fantasy uh, DFS perspective for week one. Uh, we'll talk drafting at DFS. Uh, the Rams are at the Panthers. Uh, you know, this is uh, Cam Newton should be ready to go for week one. The Rams have a very good pass rush, etc. cetera. But, uh, you know, not, 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 a, not a defense that maybe I would ideally be using for week one. But I'd be okay with it. I don't expect the Panthers to roll up a lot of points. But I don't expect it necessarily – a lot of turnovers, even when you have an offense that just dumped the ball off to, you know, Christian McCaffrey and high percentage passing to DJ Bohr, et cetera.
1: Yeah. I mean, and the price, I mean, the, the, the end of the day, defense is one of them things to me when it comes to DFS, where I kind of just try to, I, I get to the end of the guys I really want to try to use. And, and then I, then I look and see what I can afford for a defense. And usually I can manage to find something and, this is one of them games where I could totally see at the price points on DraftKings for both of them. I probably wouldn't end up using either one of them because you got one near the top of the salary and you got one almost near dead in the bottom. And I tend to end not, not to end up in that area much when I'm doing my defense,
0: the Redskins and three Eagles Philly is one of my top picks. As you pull off your draft board for that week one, uh, Trent Williams maybe likely will not, uh, be with the team further, further, uh, increasing the pressure on Case Keenum from that strong uh, Eagles defensive line and, uh, you know, giving an opportunity to the secondary to make some plays here. Uh, so the Eagles are one of my top plays in week one, and you should definitely be drafting them in seasonal leagues.
1: Yeah, and and DFS wise, I mean, if I ended up with a salary near that top of the board area like the Eagles are at thirty six hundred on DraftKings, I would probably go with them because it seems like they most weeks they have
0: a lot of upside as far as getting touchdowns out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, you can't predict touchdowns, but it looks good against Case Keenum in this offense. The Bills are at the Jets. The Jets are another one that I like. Uh, you know, I expect this to be a lower scoring game. In fact, both defenses are viable, but uh, Sam Darnold's looking to cut down on the turnovers. I really do. I like the Bills as a seasonal defense, and I think they're okay uh, if you draft them, but uh, I like the Jets much better. Uh, Josh Allen has accuracy problems. The Jets' defensive line is, is very good here. Uh, so I think the Jets could get some pressure, maybe force a turnover or two, get a few sacks. Uh, I do like him as one of the better uh, week one defenses.
1: Yeah, and this is one of them plays that falls dead in that area, too, for spending, you know. They're both in the middle of the board at 3,103. And I know, you know, my, if my memory serves me correct, I have a whole Sunday uh, memory bank full of games, including the Jets and the Bills, that are very low scoring. So I can see both of these defenses being a great play, and I have to agree with you 100% on that
0: uh the Falcons and the Vikings I'm probably not looking to use either defense here because I'm uh, uh, expecting to see points on both sides the Ravens and the Dolphins if you're going to draft a seasonal defense that you're like in week one uh the Ravens didn't get a lot of turnovers last year so that's why they added Earl Thomas they were very good defense in terms of stiffening up and not allowing points in the yardage but they just weren't getting the turnovers and then likely going against Ryan Fitzpatrick the way it's looking now. The Ravens, uh, I actually, in one league, I took them as the first defense off the board over the Bears because I knew they were playing the Dolphins in week one.
1: Yeah, and with pure upside alone facing such a bad team like Miami offensively, at 3,800 on DraftKings, if I was going to spend up and go near that top salary for defenses, I would definitely try to squeeze in the extra
0: couple of hundred bucks and make sure I use the Ravens. Yeah, the Chiefs are at the Jaguars. Uh, you know, maybe you can consider Kansas City, though, although uh, I don't know if I expect a lot of turnovers necessarily. I think Nick Foles will probably protect the football. The Jaguars, the problem, if you draft them, you're probably going to have to put them on your bench for week one. So uh, I don't think you'll be using them in DFS either, uh, You know, going against the Chiefs here.
1: Yeah, I think for the for the salaries and and what's available around them at the prices, I I, I don't see myself e- using either of these myself.
0: Yeah, i am given the seasonal angles. Jerry's talking DFS on these defenses, uh, so we can cover both angles for you. Uh, the Titans are at the Browns. Uh, I like Cleveland a lot as a defense here. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about the offense, but they really bolster the defense during the off too. Uh, and you know, Marcus Mariota did not. He, he had some ups and downs during the preseason. They'll at least keep the score down, if nothing else. So, uh, it, but uh, if they, they they also get ahead here, you know, they're going to pin their ears back, like the cliche goes. and Come after Marcus Mariota, and could get ugly. So I like Cleveland a lot. Uh, you know, for Week One. You know uh, how that would
1: work for me is if I came down to it, and I had thirty eight hundred bucks left, I would still probably take baltimore and end my lineup there but if i had uh 3,500 left let's say i would probably find a way to skim the hundred bucks and go to cleveland but i would still prefer to try to squeeze the ravens in over the browns for another 400 bucks
0: yeah the culture at the chargers uh the chargers should be a very solid unit this year this uh this year uh and they're going against the Colts, and the perception is, you know, start him against Jacoby Brissett. But I don't think Jacoby Brissett is a terrible quarterback. Uh, you know, I think he'll improve with all the weaponry around him. This might be conservative Colts attack. I like the Chargers okay, but they're not at the top of my list.
1: Yeah, they're kind of like in that middle-of-the-road area where, you know, that's be one of them ones you just take a chance on based on what you had left at the end of the day. But I don't know. I, I might take a shot at him for 3K. Uh, facing the Colts. I mean, you, you, I don't really, nobody really knows what to expect this first week, I believe.
0: So you might end up with something special there that you didn't see. The Bengals at the Seahawks and uh, no A.J. Green here. Uh, Seahawks have a good run defense. Uh, but, uh, you Led by Puna Ford at defensive tackle and Bobby Wagner at middle linebacker, K.J. Wright, etc. You know, they're they're strongest at the linebacker position. So I think they can hold Joe Mixon in check. And then Andy Dalton has to go to the air, you know, in that loud road environment. Uh, You know, I can see the Seahawks grabbing some turnovers here. You know, I like them as a one-week play.
1: Yeah, I can see the Seahawks as a play myself. Uh, I still, for the same price, would rather go with the Jets facing Buffalo. But the Seahawks, I think, certainly might come in a slightly lower ownership.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, maybe they might be a GPP play. The 49ers and the Buccaneers, I'm staying away there. Uh, the Giants are at the Cowboys. Uh, you, you don't know what kind of offensive output you're really going to get with the Giants. All of a sudden, everybody's went from disrespecting the offense to respecting it. Uh, and, you know, the Cowboys... They're very. They'll keep the score down, but how many turnovers will they get? I like Dallas okay, but I don't think they're not one of my top plays here because if uh, the Giants, Eli Manning certainly didn't look bad during the preseason. This could go either way. I I like Dallas okay, but I think they're more of a GPP play.
1: Yeah, and in DFS, I mean, you're only got to think one week at a time and based on salary as well. And when you got the Cowboys sitting on DraftKings for 3500 and you got Philly right over them at 36 and Cleveland under them at 34, I can't see on any planet where if I end up in that price range why I wouldn't take Cleveland or Philly over Dallas for DFS.
0: Yeah, and then you got uh the Lions at the Cardinals. Uh the Lions are going to be very conservative on offense. The Cardinals will keep the points down. Uh keep the pass pressure up, you know, maybe the they're a play outside of the ones that we talked about the Steelers and the Patriots. I think you stay away, uh, for seasonal purposes. Uh, the Texans are being the top draft defense, but they're they're facing the saints. week one, So it's, uh, you know, it's the same They're not on that Sunday slate, uh, but still wanted to talk to them, talk about them. If you draft them like the Jaguars, you're probably gonna have to bench them week one. The Broncos are at the Raiders uh broncos okay matchup but the raiders have more potency on offense and if you draft the bears you got green bay in week one so you don't feel great about using them so here's my rundown uh, you know based on what we talked about my top draftable defenses are baltimore philadelphia cleveland uh the chargers the jets seattle dallas and arizona yeah, and for yeah. DFS,
1: I'd have to go with the Ravens, Jets, or the Bills as my top three this week, rather than the first week.
0: Yeah, I think I'd add Buffalo to my list as well, uh, you know, maybe last there. All right, you're listening to the Wind Daily Podcast uh, with Scott Engel and Jerry Colvin. And now let's get into the baseball slate for uh, today. Starting on the early slate, uh, it's Cleveland and Detroit. Mike Clevenger, 12,200 against Daniel Norris. Clevenger, the obvious uh the obvious, uh, play there you, you're really gonna have to spend up for him and then you know get some of those bats in against Daniel Norris Oscar Mercado is only 4,300 you get some uh power from Roberto Perez at 4,600 3,600 Carlos Perez I mean Carlos Santana is 4,600 Lindor's 4,900 uh even if Kevin Ploike gets in there want not punt him at 2,800 uh, I, I think a Cleveland stack and Clevenger is definitely in play today. Yeah. And, play. Know, and with the. They are versus right
1: handers and well, pretty much versus everybody. Uh, I guess. Gerietta Clevenger te-
0: a difficulty there. Just if you could start over. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Yeah. All right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Clevenger is definitely the top play on the board, especially with all the woes the Tigers have had this season facing righties and lefties. And well, pretty much, I imagine even Legion ball teams at this point, uh, I would, I would have to say definitely Clevenger falls to his top dog on the early slate, and so do the Cleveland Bla- Cleveland Bats facing Verhagen. I mean, his ERA is over six, and that Cleveland has a powerful lineup. I'd have no
0: objections to doing a Cleveland stack today. Oakland in Kansas City. Chris Bassett's another probably uh, you, you, the option if you want to pivot off of Clevenger for only 8,500, and uh, certainly some Oakland Bats against uh, Glenn Sparkman.
1: Yeah, if I wanted to add some spending power on the day slate today and try to uh, get off of the other top big dogs above myself, Chris Bassett would be where I would look, especially facing Kansas City. Although they come out and put up runs some days, a lot of days they don't, and it seems like more often than a lot of major league teams. And Bassett's been all right as late. You know, bat-wise, this game kind of from both sides kind of scares me today. just seems like there's just not a lot to offer, even though the over-under is 10.
0: Minnesota's at Chicago the Chicago White Sox, Jose Barrios, has not pitched well lately, but maybe this is a get-well spot for him at 9,900. Uh, we like the Minnesota bats, but Dylan Cease has pitched uh, better lately.
1: Yeah, and, you know, even though Barrios has had his ups and downs as of late, he's been fairly dominant over the White Sox all season long. But I just want to throw this out there. That I've seen a couple of Minnesota pitchers over the last few weeks who have had them same numbers where they've been semi-dominant over Chicago and then got lit up. So I'd be a little cautious here, especially for the price points. I'd probably still go with Clevenger, and I'd probably rather try to squeeze in Bassett with him than, than try to take the risk on Barrios. As far as the bats goes, I'd have no objections to attack and cease today. is just a team that destroys righties and lefties alike, so the options are plentiful here.
0: Okay, and then you have uh, Tampa Bay and Houston. Andrew Kitteridge is the opener against Zach Greinke, uh, who's only 9300 on DraftKings. That's a really nice price for Greinke.
1: Yeah, and Granky has huge K upside, and he's at home. And Houston, he has a lot of backup power behind him to try to get that win, and you know he's already more than likely going to get the quality start. And let me tell you something. People don't bank on wins. I certainly don't. But, you know, at the end of the day, you get towards the top of a GPP. That extra couple of points for snagging that win could be the difference between 50000 and dollars so, with that being said, I'd have no problem with some Houston bats, but I'd still use them sparingly because Trevor Richards still makes me a little nervous today, and I certainly wouldn't touch him at all facing Houston.
0: Okay, so pitching wise, early slate we like Clevenger, Granky, and be- buddy, uh, not Badios. Uh, we like Gr- Clevenger, Granky, and Bassett. And stack wise, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Oakland. Yes, I could go with that. Okay, Chicago's at the Mets. I'll be at this game tonight. Uh, Jacob DeGrob uh, $12,000, I don't think it's worth spending up against this lineup, which actually tattooed Noah Syndergaard last night. Uh, John Lester at 8400 Uh, The Met bats could go either way here. I think it's a stay-away game.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it, it, on FanDuel tonight, pricing-wise for pitchers is a lot more reasonable as far as the comparison to what you're going to pay for bats. Um, the issue tonight is going to be, especially on DraftKings, is you have a lot of like high SP1s available and very little in the way of SP2s or really kind of safer side value plays. Um, so you're going to be forced tonight if you want to spend up for the course field game to take some risks. And actually, as much as I hate to say it, you might have to take a shot on Lester tonight if you really want to do a like a Colorado stack or a Pittsburgh stack. I don't have any plans on it, but, I mean, at the end of the day, you're still going to be forced to make some hard choices tonight. And if you're going to spend up for some of the other top-tier pitchers, regardless of what the Cubs did last night to Syndergaard, DeGrom had a really good outing against him last time at Wrigley Field. He struck out nine batters over six innings with two earned runs. And and the Cubs are still striking out over 22% of the time versus righties. That ain't huge compared to some other teams. But with DeGrom's K upside and people being afraid of the Cubs, I think you have a chance to snag some uh, low ownership
0: on him tonight. Okay. Uh, Cincinnati's at Miami. Alex Wood, 7,900. Uh, really a nice value against Miami. Maybe the top value uh, on the board against Robert Duggar. And, you know, you got to get a Keno in there. Uh, you know, maybe a Cincinnati stack here. I see Cincinnati stack being quite popular tonight because the minute
1: everybody sees that 10.80 ERA, they're going to jump all over it. But one of the things you do got to keep in mind is that If they come out in the first inning and jump on them for four runs, they might score again facing the ballpen the rest of the game, going one or two innings at a time. So just keep that in mind before you go too heavy here. And Alex Wood might be one of them few options, regardless of his uh, up-and-down track record, that you might be forced to take tonight on DraftKings, especially facing
0: Miami, who's totally subpar on most given days. (laughs) Should be a popular cash game play uh seattle's at texas felix hernandez against lance lynn uh lance lynn uh if you want to pivot off to grom maybe he's the answer and you like some texas bats here too uh as well willie calhoun 4900 danny santana 5400 uh you're gonna have to spend up for them uh as well as shinsu Chu at 48 uh, but you get Roughnet Odor if you want. It's just 3700 You can build a Seattle stack, and Lynn's, Lynn is a nice pivot off DeGrom.
1: Yeah, I actually prefer Lynn over DeGrom, especially for the pricing tonight. And he's had three starts versus Seattle this year that's lasted 20 innings total, and he struck out 30 batters in them 20 innings with only giving up six earned runs. And with Seattle striking out over 24% of the time versus righties, and then heading into Texas to face them at home, I think Lynn's actually a much better option tonight than DeGrom. Hernandez has a road ERA of over eight. So I can really see the Texas left-handed bats, especially coming into huge play tonight. And I plan on stacking them myself.
0: Okay. Uh, But here's why maybe you don't, you know, DeGrom won't have high ownership because, you know, you just, people just wanted those core bats and you can't afford them. If you spend up for DeGrom, it's Trevor Williams against Chichi Gonzalez. And uh, the Pirates stack, I think, is being popular tonight. Trevor Williams is kind of up and down. The uh, you know, Colorado's okay stack against him, but I think you have to like Pittsburgh here. You got to Bell, you got to go Newman, you got to go Reynolds. Get everybody you can in against Gigi Gonzalez.
1: Yeah, and the problem with Colorado too is outside of Blackman, uh, their left-handed bats aren't all that spectacular. I don't think. So, Williams actually, you know, overall, and I really want to punch myself in the face for saying this, there's just this gut feeling in me and tells me that this is one of them games where everybody thinks I got to jump all over it because it's going to be so high scoring. And, you know, you know as well as I do, Scott, we've said that a million times in DFS and then sat there going, wow, I can't believe they held them to a 3-1 game over seven innings. So, there's a little part of me that's kind of like, I'm not going in all in on either side of these tonight, but I can guarantee you I'm going to have exposure to both sides of this game in some GPPs and cash games.
0: Uh, Jerry's Dodgers at Arizona. Pyunjin Ryu, Cy Young award contender against Merrill Kelly. Uh, who you could certainly uh, do the Dodgers stack against, uh, you know, where you know, how, how, how are you on the Dodgers stack? And where do you fit Ryu in, you know, with tonight's pitchers? You know, do you like him more than Lynn tonight uh, and DeGrom? I do not. And I'm not saying he
1: can't come out and absolutely dominate tonight because he's had a really good record versus Arizona this year. The problem is, is they don't strike out a lot versus lefties. It's just a little over 18%. And in three starts versus Arizona already this season, he only had 14 Ks over 20 innings, which is a significant lower number compared to his other starts. So although I think he's a safe play tonight, he's not going to hurt you. I don't see enough upside here versus Lynn to go with Ryu over over Lynn. And uh, Dodger left-handed bats, I think, will be very popular tonight facing Merrill Kelly, and I plan on using a bunch of them myself.
0: Okay, let's move on to one more. Uh, San Diego is at San Francisco. Chris Paddock has really started to hit a wall here. Uh, he's went down to 9,000, so he's kind of risky, as is Derek Rodriguez. Maybe you uh, run a Padres mini stack here. You know,
1: I could see both attacking both of these pitchers and possibly using Paddock. I don't like him for nine K on DraftKings. I just think if I'm going to spend nine K, I might as well spend ninety-three or uh, another thousand somehow and try to squeeze in Lynn. You know, it's just that the price difference is. It may seem like a lot, but you know, Paddock. Paddock has not looked good lately. Now, where I would consider running Paddock out in GPPs tonight facing San Francisco is on FanDuel, where he's only 7K. At 7K, that's kind of a value despite the risk, and it has upside facing a a pretty bad Giants team who has played a little
0: better as of late. All right, so to recap, uh, stack-wise, we like Cincinnati, Texas, Pittsburgh, maybe San Diego, and San Francisco for some mini-stacks. Uh, Pitching-wise, Lynn, DeGrom, Wood, and Chris Paddock as a GPP on FanDuel. You got it. All right. Thanks a lot for listening uh, to the Wind Daily Podcast. Tomorrow will be Matt Stryker and Jason Benzrahi, and we will see you then.